Welcome back to Run Through Presents Gone Running. It is Ben Shepherd here with another episode. And as I promised, we are now weekly. And big thank you to everybody that has reached out saying they're really happy that we're going weekly. More content for their long runs. Uh, really do appreciate it. And thank you so much for the kind words. Please do, if you have reached out as well, uh, pop it on paper, if you will. Rate and review the show. We're going to give away another run through entry to somebody that does that on Spotify or Apple Podcasts next week on Run Through Presents Gone Running. So please get that done and you could be winning that entry to a run through event next week. Also, if you are coming to Run Alton Towers this weekend, I will see you there. Always a brilliant event and very excited about that. Okay, today's episode. She's from a swimming background. Her name is Chloe Dooley and she only discovered triathlon two and a half years ago when she entered and won her first event. Since then, she has gone from strength to strength. She is the British aquathlon champion and this year decided to close her season by towing the line at Ironman Barcelona 70.3. Going into the event, Chloe would have been ecstatic with a top age group finish, but 5k into the run, she took first place and held on to win her first Ironman middle distance event. Certainly a name to watch for the future, and I loved having this conversation with Chloe Dooley here on Run Through Presents Gone Running. Looked around at this bike that said first woman and like asked the guy and sort of said, am I, am I actually in first? And he was like, yeah, come on, go. And I was like, okay, we've still got 16k to go here. <laughs> We're so lucky at the moment that there's so many inspirational women. And there's just something really exciting about being like, I don't know what I'm about to do, but you know, it, I'm excited to see how much I can push myself. Hi, I'm Chloe Dooley. I'm the current British Aquathlon champion, um, and I recently won Barcelona Half Ironman. Um, and then I'm also a paediatric physio uh, in my kind of day job. I think a good place to start, Chloe, is the balancing act, because I imagine it's quite a balancing act having your day job and also obviously training super hard for the accomplishment and accolades you've you've just mentioned, which we'll get into. How do you go about balancing everything? Um, with difficulty, it's definitely how I'd describe it. Um, I feel like this is a conversation that I have with a lot of people that are always like, wow, I can't believe that you have a full-time job and, you know, kind of are competing in sport at a relatively high level. Um, but, you know, I think for me, like, I've always been a really kind of driven and motivated person. So kind of, I've always wanted to do really well in sport, but also really wanted to kind of chase my sort of career path and what I enjoy um, kind of, you know, in my physio, um, sort of physio role there. Um but yeah, in terms of balancing it, I just have to be super organised. Um, I love making lists. Um, anyone who knows me knows that I've always got a list of, okay, what do I need to tick off for the day? Um, and I think just about kind of making the right choices, you know, so there's a lot of times where I might say, you know, no, say no to a social event because I know actually, okay, I've done a full week in work and, you know, I've been up at 6am to get in the pool and I've not got back and had dinner until like eight, nine o'clock in the evening. Um, so, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of sacrifices that come with that. You mentioned kind of saying no to things there. Do you ever feel like you're missing out? Not so much. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely not, I'm someone who, for me, I enjoy the hard training and that is my kind of sort of social side um so I don't feel like I miss out as such but there's definitely times where I'm kind of 
you know, conscious that maybe family, friends or whatever, maybe think that you're in this sort of bubble of work training, work training. Um, and yeah, definitely kind of, you know, sort of going out on social things. I think when I'm in a, a bigger training block for something, um, then it's really, you know, nice when you finish that training block, you've ticked off that goal to be able to have that time. I think it makes you appreciate them a little bit more when you've maybe had to, um, you know, kind of miss out on some of those. Where did this all start then? Because obviously you're in multidiscipline sport now, but was it a single sport that led to what is happening now or what was what was kind of the athletic journey up to this point, I guess? Um, so I was a swimmer when I was kind of um, really young. That was my sort of hobby that I did. Um, so yeah, so I swam until I was about 13, 14. Um, and then just got to a point with it, like I think so many people do um, in swimming because it's such a tough, you know, you're in the pool at like 5, 5.30, going to school, um, you know, when actually a lot of your friends at that age are not doing that for, you know, to see those really marginal kind of, you know, improvements, you know, you're talking like point, points of a second and I just got to a point with it where I kind of wasn't improving I wasn't enjoying it so I kind of you know stepped back from swimming at about 13 14 um had a couple of years where I was sort of just taking over you know from quite an active family so would maybe do a bit of running a bit of swimming but nothing kind of too competitive um and then yeah both my parents were getting back into running so I was like hey I'll give this a go so then yeah probably towards sort of college age and into the start of university took my running um a bit more seriously um you know was kind of chasing some uh, road pbs cross country um so yeah so it was really into my running and then lockdown obviously hit 2020 and i had all of this time so i was running probably a bit too much mileage and um, picked up quite a few different little injuries um and then sort of that was when i got back into swimming and then was like hey do you know what I'm gonna get myself a bike um I think I just yeah I just got a new job as well kind of post lockdown so it was like right I'm gonna bike commute to work I'd got back into the swimming and then kind of was like hey let's enter a triathlon so that's kind of how and that would have been um August 2021 when I did my first triathlon which was the Welsh Olympic distance championships and I hadn't quite realized that when I'd entered it I'd just sort of gone that's 45 minutes down the road from me I was in Cardiff at the time um so yeah and then four weeks before that I got knocked off my bike by a car um hurt my elbow hurt my hip so that kind of put a bit of a um sort of a pause on those kind of final few weeks of, of prep but made it to the start line um pretty much in one piece um and actually ended up winning that race um which was a really crazy experience my first triathlon on a road bike that was definitely too big to me big for me and i didn't even have clip-on bike shoes so looking back at those photos and going that was literally two and a bit years ago to to now um so it's been quite a journey i would say but um but yeah i think i'm now kind of well into the swim bike and run sort of family and i don't think i'll be kind of going or moving away from there anytime soon i really enjoy it what were the comparisons between swimming from a young age and running and cycling were there were there kind of comparisons that you could draw between the training 
Oh, definitely. I think, you know, when you're sort of an endurance-based athlete, you're always kind of in training and racing, learning how can you sort of push your body sort of physically to that next level. Um, so, you know, you always carry some of that fitness through. And I think that kind of um, sort of having that mental strength, you know, when it's hurting or it's getting tough to be able to push through. And that's kind of transferable across all three. Um, and I think as well, being a swimmer as a young age, you know, you have to spend a lot of time working on your technique and your stroke. And, you know, that's the same in cycling and running, you know. Yes, from the outside, you can look at it and go, OK, I just need to spend more time in the pool, do more my bike miles or, you know, run longer. But actually, there's a lot of that kind of technical element as well. Um, and I think being able to have that attention to detail um, on all three um, is something that you can sort of um, transfer over. You obviously love racing. I think it's quite obvious by all the numbers <laughs> behind you on the wall. Um, what is it about standing on a start line that, that you love so much? And is that something you've you've you felt throughout your career or is that um something that you kind of um i guess uh eased into if you will yeah definitely i think if i was to go back and speak to my parents i was an absolute nightmare when i started swimming i used to stand in the changing rooms in tears because i would get myself so nervous um you know i'd get myself to the point where i was nearly being sick there was a lot of swim galas where my parents would take me that have paid for me to race and i wouldn't do any of the races um but i did manage to kind of get over that because it was sort of a well i'm putting in all of this effort in training you know which is great but actually it's the all of those hours in training you put them in so that you can have that success on race day um and yeah i guess just as i got older and a, a bit more mature and experienced i kind of managed to find ways to work through that anxiety um and now yeah i love that feeling on a start line where you kind of you're able to take a few breaths, you sort of, you know, have a, a real quick reflection on, you know, whatever that training period has been like to get you there. And you're just kind of looking ahead at, you know, the swim boy in front of you or, you know, the strict stretch of road you're about to run down. And there's just something really exciting about being like, I don't know what I'm about to do, but, you know, it's, I'm excited to see how much I can push myself. Um, and yeah, there's definitely been, you know, for me, I have found managing my kind of own anxiety about pressures over how I want to perform or how I want to race. Sometimes that's got the better of me and I've maybe not enjoyed race starts as much as I kind of, you know, want to or that actually that anxiety has held me back a little bit. But I think that I'm slowly learning sort of how I can manage that. And I'm really lucky that I've got a super supportive training team and coach at the moment that are helping me to just sort of really kind of enjoy the moment rather than thinking about what if this happens or what if I you know fail at this goal um and I'm getting a lot better at just going okay I just do my best I enjoy the moment and actually that seems as the back end of the season has shown to kind of work really well for me so in terms of enjoying the moment and like you say we'll get onto the back end of this season um you're you're now in these you know, bigger races, bigger start lines, bigger, deeper fields. How how do you go about managing that kind of nervous energy, that anxiety that a lot of people feel on the start line? I almost think it's a little bit easier for, for me as I s step up a bit more because actually 
having started two and a half years, not having swum in, you know, eight, nine years and never having ridden a road bike, there was never that expectation. I was kind of like, well, I've got nothing to lose here. I just go out, have fun. Um, and then obviously you start to get some good results and you go back to those races and then there's that expectation that you're going to be up at the front. So that's um, obviously then kind of you carry in that um, sort of external pressure as well as the internal pressure. And then as you step up again, you're in a completely new sort of race environment and you're like, well, I've never raced at this level. I've never raced against girls that are this talented. So I just have to go out here, do my best and then come away and go, okay, what do I need to change to be higher up or to do better next time? Um, and yeah, I don't know, for me almost actually when you're in those bigger fields and there's more people, you're kind of like, well, I can only focus on my race. I can't control what other people are doing. Um, and then I'm just going to, you know, like I say, do my race plan and see what happens. Do you ever feel, because I know I've talked to people in the past that when they step up, you know, to a higher level and then to a higher level and then to a higher level, they kind of look around themselves in, in the, you know, before you get into the water or when you're on a start line and, and think, oh my goodness, like I'm around all these these people that, um, you know, I've looked at for a while. These are These are talented athletes. Do you ever feel that imposter syndrome setting in? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think this year was kind of my first year having a go um, British triathlon do something called the Super Series, which is um, like elite sort of domestic racing for sort of the best um, youth and junior um, athletes to compete at. So yeah, a lot of the girls there are, you know, off competing in European Cups, World Cups. So they are sort of the best in the country and I was looking around thinking this is mad like there's no way that I should be standing on a start line with these girls um but yeah you do kind of actually do a few races and you think no you know what I deserve to stand here as much as anyone else and I might not be finishing at the top of these fields but you know I'm learning from these races I'm contributing to there being sort of a you know at the moment I think in British triathlon we're kind of really growing a good depth of you know both male and female sort of athletes so it's really nice to be a part of that kind of um increase in talent um but yeah definitely still get that imposter syndrome I think the worst one for me this year I went over to race in France for a team um and that was something that kind of when I first started I remember hearing about people going to race in the French Grand Prix and being like wow that's so cool and then I was there this year and I was like no hang on a second this is um this is crazy like I don't feel like I should be racing here but I was there and you know helped the team do well so I think it's just putting yourself in those slightly uncomfortable situations to almost prove to yourself no I've put in the hard work I do deserve to be here um and yeah so it's quite exciting yeah and I, I think look the the back end of this season has proved you you definitely do deserve to be on those start lines I want to talk through the back end of this season because would you say that, that this couple of months have, have really been your breakthrough couple of months yeah I think so definitely I think you know for a little while I felt like I was working really hard and not quite seeing the results that I wanted you know when I first came into triathlon albeit I was doing a lot smaller races but you know, felt like I had a relative amount of kind of um, good results. And then obviously you go, okay, well, I'm going to challenge myself a bit more and the fields are a lot more competitive. And it was quite hard to kind of almost feel like you were 
going backwards, if that makes sense. Um, So, yeah, there was kind of a year where I sort of felt like I was working hard, not getting the results, um, putting quite a lot of pressure on myself, had quite a, you know, went out to Hamburg in July of this year to race in the age group um, World Sprint Championships. Um, So in triathlon, you kind of have your age group racing, which is the best people um, sort of in five year age gaps. And then above that, you have your kind of elite racing. So um, I'd gone out with kind of an aim that I know I wanted to try and podium in my age group and basically just let the whole the pressure of the event and the build-up get the better of me and ended up finishing right down the field you know not because physically I couldn't do it but just because mentally I was like I just yeah kind of was like I'm not good enough to be here I don't deserve it um so yeah to then have a couple of weeks off reset and come back at the end of the season and sort of win or you know retain my title in the British Aquathlon champs and then go on to win in Barcelona in only my second middle distance was a real kind of turning point for me and a bit of a okay I just need to have some self-belief you know I need to trust my coach I need to trust the process and just kind of be patient with it um and that you know those kind of good results will will follow that trust the process is something that you hear a lot right but how important is that from somebody that you know like you say maybe went through a, a little bit of a lull and and a little bit of um I guess uh, not 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 believing in themselves as much as maybe they should in their own abilities like you say earlier on in the season to to then get into where we are now that trust in the process it's so important right yeah a hundred percent and I think I've definitely been guilty and I'm sure I think you know a lot of age group athletes like myself that you know are working full-time triathlon isn't you know their job um you know it, it can be really tempting to either I think do a little bit too much training you know actually you're working and then you're trying to squeeze in the same training that maybe some of the elite athletes are but you're not getting the rest or that actually you're just kind of expecting these results to kind of come really quickly because you're comparing yourself to people that have been doing the sport for six, seven years. Um, So, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's a really tricky thing that you kind of almost have to learn as you're going. Um, And I've actually only just recently started working a bit closer with um, my coach. So I think that's going to really help because I'm hoping he's going to make me focus on the thing, the harder things. So for me like my bike, if you gave me a choice of you can go out and do a run session or a bike session, hands down, I'd always choose a run session. But I know that my run, you know, is relatively strong. And actually, if I want to get better, I need to spend the time working on my bike or, you know, working on the the technical side of things. You can't always just be smashing out the hard sessions. Sometimes you have to strip it back, take things a bit easier and build it back up. So it's taken me a little while to kind of come around to being able to trust someone else to help you get to those goals. But I'm really excited to see over the next year how, you know, how, how that change um, is going to look in terms of, of race results. I really want to talk about uh, the 70.3 over in Spain. I think the best way to do this is hit me with a little race report, Chloe. Let, talk me through kind of the race from start to, to when you took that tape. Oh, gosh, yeah. I still, I mean, obviously the race itself was only three and a bit weeks yeah, ago crazy. so yeah I still kind of get goosebumps thinking about it. it was such an amazing experience um I actually ended it a year ago um was kind of just like do you know what fancy a little holiday at the end of next year <laughs> um 
you know, also re- had been really wanting to do an Ironman event, but I'd seen loads of people and I was like, they look so cool. So sort of tied the two and was like, hey, Barcelona's the end of the year, let's enter it. But yeah, the swim start, if, you know, if anyone listening has done Barcelona, the guy on the microphone kind of talking about just, you know, a really nice reflection of what's brought everyone there. As the sun is rising over the beach, you're looking out to the sea. Like, I was tearing up so much, it got me really emotional. Um, And then, yeah, the swim itself was really tough. We had um, a kind of, we were swimming head on into a current, so it felt like you were working really hard, and then the times just didn't show that at all. Um, So that was actually quite tough. then had a lot of fun kind of running up the beach into the first transition, was sort of, you know, cheering on with the crowds. Um, and then had to go, okay, right, come on, Chloe, you still got a long way to go, focused. Okay, don't let yourself enjoy anything too much yet. Um, and then the bike was what I was most nervous for. I'd never really, well, I hadn't really raced anything over sort of like 20K all year. So to then jump up to racing 90K was a bit of an unknown. Um, but yeah, it was a stunning course along the coast, nice and flat, a few technical little bits. Um, and I just kept expecting the girls to come flying past me. I was on my road bike with my clip-on aero bars and I knew there'd be girls that were really strong on the bike, on their time trial, um, sort of really quick bikes. And it just didn't happen. And I got to 50K and I was still, you know, I think I was still in sort of, you know, third or fourth at that point. And I was like, okay, you know, this is this is going really well. Um, got to the end of the bike in just over two and a half hours, which I was chuffed with. And then was like, right, okay, the run, this is the bit that, you know, I know I can do. Um, first 5k was great. Um, managed to overtake the leading lady and sort of looked around at this bike that said first woman and like asked the guy and sort of said, am I, am I actually in first? And he was like, yes, come on, go. And I was like, okay, we've still got 16k to go here. Someone will come past me had a real rough patch from sort of about 7k through to 16 17k um just cramped up really bad hadn't taken enough salts on probably hadn't done the training probably overbiked a little bit it was really hot for october in, in spain it was like 27 28 degrees and we're sort of thinking oh my gosh i'm gonna have to walk at some point but just kept going you know one foot in front of the other keep going loads of people were cheering my name but honestly, I was just in such a hole. I was kind of like, please be quiet. Just let me run. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I wish I could have enjoyed the run more. But, um, yeah, I feel like anyone who's done a 70.3 will know that that second half of the run is really just survival mode. Um, and then, yeah, I don't think I kind of had really let myself sort of believe about winning until I got into the final K. And I was like, OK, 1K to go you know, I'm still in first here, this is could actually happen. Um, and then, yeah, to turn the corner down that red carpet and hear them say, announcing my name as coming in first overall, that was when I kind of just let all of that emotion hit and just really enjoyed that, you know, kind of 100 metres down there because I thought, you know what, this is probably not going to happen again anytime soon. I mean, hopefully it will in the future, but I was like, you know, I'm going to soak all of this up because it's been a while since I've taken a tape um actually that would have been my second tape at a triathlon having taken it in my first one that I won in Wales and then I hadn't taken a tape since so it's quite special um so yeah just an overall amazing experience and definitely left me excited to do some more middle distance in the future 
going into that was that a realistic goal was that something you were thinking about or what was kind of the thought process on the start line absolutely not um (laughs) (laughs) goal one was actually to finish under five hours um that was my kind of I thought, okay, if I can string together a solid performance, I can break five hours. And then sort of, you know, sort of next goal was, okay, I'd love to get a podium in my age group um, because I'd, I'd seen a few of my friends with the little wooden Ironman trophies. And I was like, I really want one of them for my bedroom. So let's- <laughs> Got a bigger one like, now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's try and, you know, podium in my age group. But, you know, to win it overall had never even crossed my mind. Like definitely wasn't expected going into the race at all, which- I think makes it even nicer sometimes. This has got to have given you so much confidence going into next season. Yeah, it's a mix. I think it's definitely given me confidence and I think shown me that middle distance is probably where I want to turn my attention to kind of, you know, longer term. But also I feel like it's, like I say, put a bit of more of that pressure on again. So I just need to work, you know, work through with me and my coach on making sure I manage that. Um I think the temptation would have been to jump straight into wanting to do more middle distance next year and maybe chase trying to get like a professional license. But I don't have a time trial bike yet. Again, they're not cheap, so it's going to take a little bit of saving up to get one of those. And actually, I think I've got some unfinished business with sort of the sprint and draft legal racing. So um, I probably want to focus on that next year, tick off a few more of those sort of goals that I've got. And then, you know, give myself another year before I kind of properly step up but I think yeah it's made me realize that I think longer term I would absolutely love to try and get my professional license and whether that happens or not um I think trying to go for it you know it's kind of what they say like you know you're still gonna tick off a a whole lot of amazing things but yeah it's got me very excited to see where where triathlon could go and we're living in a world now with a British uh, female Ironman world champ, which is incredible that it happened uh, only like a couple of weeks ago. It, seeing triathlon go from strength to strength and seeing the, the female side of the field getting stronger and stronger and stronger and getting more and more attention, being in that, does that feel something that's quite special? Yeah, we're so lucky at the moment that there's so many inspirational women sort of leading the way in the world of kind of middle distance and Ironman and and in the sprint world as well. You know, the British girls are absolutely smashing it with sort of Beth Potter having just won the the World Series as well. So, you know, that is amazing to have all of these women at the top sort of driving the quality and giving us something to sort of aim for. And I think not just as well at the elite level, you know, in an age group level, there's some incredibly talented um, women that I'm lucky enough to race against who are all also working full time and doing amazing things. So it's, you know, a sort of a real nice sort of depth of talent that we're seeing. And I think to see other women doing it with jobs, with kids, you know, starting in you know their kind of you know 40s and getting into it you know it's amazing to have sort of there seems to be a lot of breaking down of some of the barriers that might have been there before um so yeah definitely something that i want to be a part of